There, we're connected. Here comes some music for the audience, I think. Maybe. Yep, there it is. Tax the rich, feed the poor, This old world, some old world, we'd like to change all of them, actually, and get them going in the right direction. That's what we try and do here, incrementally, just a little bitty step at a time. At the Radio Ranch, Roger Shales, your host. It's the Tuesday edition. It's the expat lunch day edition, I guess you could call it, uh, here on the RR, Radio Redidio Ranch, however you want to pronounce it. And, of course, we are broadcasting on and happy to be placed on the Euro Folk Radio Network right behind ACH, Andrew Carrington Hitchcock, and uh, whose show was so-so this morning. Uh, so anyway, here we go into our little uh, two-hour uh, song and dance, and hopefully we got some new folks with questions or things we can explore on the things that we have expertise in, which is your freedom and mine. And the only way I can protect mine is to help you protect yours. So I'm all into your freedom, okay? Because I like mine, and uh, that's the way we started out on Tuesday, the fourth of January, one four twenty two. Whew, got to think for a second on that 22 thing. My daddy used to say 22 is my favorite number. I sure hope it's a good year for us, Dad. I think it might be. They've got a lot of interesting things shaping up. We'll see as the days go by. It's still a little slow. I think everybody's kind of still got a weekend, a holiday hangover. Would that be kind of fair to say? Y'all feel the same way. There's not a lot of emails and communication flitting around. Everybody seems to trying to get back in stride. We got this. Uh, I guess it's Thursday, right? Thursday is the big anniversary of the the biggest insurrection in the history of the country. <laughs> God, these people are such. They're just such hypocrites and liars, and everything's got to be fabricated. And they're masters at politic and you got to admit it okay they are masters they've been doing this for thousands of years man they know every twist and turn it's probably in their annals you know in some library somewhere like at the the library at the grand orient freemasonic lodge in paris you know where they've got all this stuff and a bunch of stuff they probably have uh if it's not in the basement of the vatican it, that was stolen from the library to alexandria it's more than likely in the library of the grand orient lodge in paris which is the head lodge, I guess, for Scottish Rite crap all over the world. And that's what we're dealing with is their handiwork here, I believe, anyway. My opinion. Of course, I don't have any proof for that. Somebody's got a mute open like they're wanting to say something. Hello. Good morning. How you doing Tuesday morning? Tuesday morning, what do you have on your mind? I know you got the mic open. You must have something on your mind. No? Okay, now the mic's closed. I don't hear it anymore. Does anybody have anything they want to come forward with in the way of questions, comments, analysis, observations? You're going to leave this whole thing up to me today, huh? You guys, this is a conversation format. We like to have, you know, social intercourse here. Any social intercoursers out there? Jeff, are you headed over to the Dallas, uh, the Dallas Patriot Group today by any chance? 
I'm trying to avoid the intercourse today. <laughs> well, you can. I guess I better not comment. Well, you know, uh, we, but we like the intercourse, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, today's guest speaker at the Tuesday meeting is a certain Randy Kelton. Okay. I think we all have heard of him, and so he's... Uh, He's a belligerent individual, apparently. Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard of Randy. Have I been out of the loop here? Is he not? Has his fame not reached Ecuador, or what? What's going on? Oh, for ten years going back, he's got videos talking about the rule of law. Which law? Yep. Well, my question: If I were to go there, would have been, say, Randy, which body of law are you talking about? <clears throat> Has, Ran has Randy, have you listened to some of his stuff, Jeff? Or are you a little bit surprised? I might have heard it in the past, and I toss it aside. Mm -hmm. and so, mm -hmm. Have you ever heard any of these guys mention the word remedy? No, of course not. Okay. Oh, well. Well, their remedy is to battle. Going to court and uh, oh. you know, refuse to talk unless oh. you say certain things. Oh, that's and, such a bloody, that's such a bloody scenario. Well, they want to poke the bear. So that's what Randy Kelton's about, apparently. I see. Well, you know, there are folks that are lost here. We try and throw the flag up and say, come over here to our side and uh, get some clarity and get some, some real defined ways to move forward that are, I mean, really, in, in what we teach here, pretty simple. Is, mm -hmm. is there anybody that can't write one sentence out and address an envelope with a return receipt requested tab on it and put it in the postal service? If you can't do that, you really go go need to follow Randy. Well, they can't drag that out of the cobwebs in their minds. So. You know, it's just like because it is, it, it is complex now, you know. What they've done is is very complex. There's no doubt about it. But the solution doesn't have to be complex. Well, the answer is simple, but you have to get past all those questions that nag at you that you've been indoctrinated with. So that's that's the hard part. Oh well, um, that's what we try and do is rally uh, rally folks. And you know, I've I, as as you guys know, the regulars here. Maybe there's some new folks around this morning that don't know this, but I've been at this a long time, and uh, you know, almost almost half of my lifetime has been spent on this. That's a that's a pretty good chunk of time, okay? And m much of that has been really to kind of get the groundwork where I could understand it, okay? And, and once I have that picture in my mind, that CAD CAM picture in my mind, then you can spin it around, you know, and look at it from different angles and all that stuff and find the weak points. And the whole exercise for me... It's in about my ego. Roger did this. Buy this. I'm not trying to sell you a bunch of stuff, you know. Uh, and, and it's really because I want to protect my liberty, and I'd really love to have as one of my uh, epitaphs at the end of this journey that this guy contributed to changing the world a little bit. Okay. I mean, I'd lo I love the recognition for what I've accomplished. I think that's pride, and I don't think there's anything wrong with pride that's well-earned. False pride's a different situation, okay? But I've put the sacrifice and the effort and, and, and all the things that I've put forward, and I'll be the first one to tell you there's been a lot of that, 
okay, uh, to try and get this to a point where I could understand it, regurgitate it, because I've got a talent for simplifying things, and and regurgitate it to folks to the point where we could get it as quickly observed as quickly understood uptake if you will and to a point where the people that are going to take action on it are going to take action and have some kind of meaningful effect that's been my whole goal all right and uh and yeah i get uh, i get upset with people but i uh, uh, that deviate from that along the way to a certain extent like these people that are charging uh folks you know i uh i was uh, i had a conversation i think i mentioned to you guys the other night with tom d from rbn on on uh, new year's eve for about an hour and a half how long were we on how you how long were you on the phone with us that night wayne i didn't even check the time you get into those conversations and you know the time becomes irrelevant but you were on for about a good hour and then you had to leave yeah i think i was on for about an hour and a half you guys must have gone at least two plus as far as I can tell. And uh, I think the key thing about that conversation is uh, you really hit uh, Tom with some good truth bombs and some things, some concepts he had not quite heard before that are very truthful. And uh, I could even see the uh, surprise when he when you mentioned like property, can't own property and things like that. So that's what I'm hoping your your uh, appearance with him will be able to shed some light for the people who uh, listen to that RBN show. Because they're wandering around in the wilderness now. They don't know what the heck's going on. They don't. All they want to do is bitch and moan every call. And I don't listen, you know. I mean, it's just I don't go out and listen. I listen to Andy Hitchcock. I listen to Alex Jones. I really have developed a real, real affinity for – I got a man crush on Owen Stroyer. I just think the guy's so clever and unique, you know. He's got big, big kahunas, and I really like him. Uh, some of the other folks, I'll listen to other folks occasionally, but I don't make a habit out of listening to these things that aren't fruitful for me. And uh, like a yesterday's Alex, I want to say, Alex, just quit bitching. You know, get into something. Don't sit there and bitch and, and yell at the audience. That's what Stat Miller used to do. You know, Stat Miller start yelling at his audience, and I just don't think that's real productive. You know, from my standpoint, Ooh, somebody's got their video flashing around. Huh? Uh, so anyway, I'm a little bit uh, uh, isolationist when it comes to that, just because I'm I, I try and focus my time that I have on things that are productive, you know. Uh, but one thing that came out uh, and, and if something does come to fruition here with RBN, and I think it might. I'm not going to go slip my wrists if it doesn't, okay? Um, But one of the things that came up was uh, they've got two other hosts on there that are in the area, you know? One that came up was Ralph Winterroot. Ralph evidently isn't familiar with my name or my work. And I know Ralph gets a lot of people, and a lot of people go through there. And uh, As I told Tom, I said, well... I'm very familiar with Ralph's work. I mean, I went through all that regulatory stuff that he's going through and teaches, uh, what, 25 years ago, okay? And we came to the same conclusions years before he did. There's not one single IRS regulation anywhere in the Code of Federal Regulations that's not interpretive. There's three types of regulation, statement of policy, interpretive, and substantive, or substantive. Okay, the only one that has general applicability to the public at large, public policy applications, if you will. Uh, You know, man-made laws for the serfs, another way to put it. The only one of those types of regulations, there's only three. 
that have any bearing on you are substantive regulations. And to put a little extra layer of protection inside the administrative state as it was being formed, the people that required it to be constitutional uh, put another layer in on these substantive uh, regulations. And that is they go through a procedure that no other regulations go through. It's called notice and comment. What's notice and comment? Nothing more than an extra layer of due process. Notice and the right to be heard. That's exactly what that is. When they're going to make a substantive regulation, they got to put at the top. You can go look at them in the Federal Register. You can see them in there. Don't believe me. In big, bold, capital letters, notice of proposed rulemaking. They make the rule, they take comments, they take another chunk of time, they go back supposedly, evaluate the comments, fit them into the regulation, put the regulation out again as notice of final rulemaking, notice and comment, due process. That's the reason it's got general applicability. The other ones don't have that. They just publish them in there. Those are either one of the other two statements of policy or interpretive, okay? Every IRS regulation that's ever been published in the Federal Register, register, bidibidi, is interpretive. Every one of them. There's never been one that goes through substantive notice and comment. So what does that tell you? Internal Revenue Service 1040 is voluntary. Okay? It's right there. I mean, you've got to understand regulations, and that doesn't come easy. What I just told you, you wouldn't believe what I had to go through to understand that. I had a law teacher like Gary Bryant. who was a friend of mine who was very adept in all this stuff in his own way, and he beat that crap into my head. I mean, beat it into my head. It took me a long time to get it. You go read a couple of uh, Supreme Court cases, uh, uh, Chrysler versus Brown, I think, is one of them that's got a lot of that in there. I've heard Ralph refer to that before. Um, so I told Tom, I said, look, Ralph, uh, Ralph does great work. I got no problem with anything he does and he works real hard. And, but his stuff is for people that are already in the soup, his research and the way he works and the things he does with Lexus Nexus and all this other stuff is for people that already have a problem with these goons. Okay. My ideal candidate, quote unquote, ideal, the ideal candidate is someone who comes to Roger with a clean slate. They don't have their one or two feet in the pot already, and they've got a relatively unblemished record like, say, Wayne here, okay, and Wayne or Jeff, and I can take you and pull you right out of that system, and you'll never have to deal with those creeps again unless you've got 871 or 877B uh, tax obligations, and then I will hardly be the first one to tell you to pay them, okay? Now, my teacher, Glenn Ambort, would tell you to file, all right, and, I, and all of them, and I disagree with Glenn. We found the way here. We found the way out. We got the master key to get these uh, blood suckers legitimately off your back. And uh, to my knowledge, all these people that are sending in notices to IRS, the only one that they ever came back on was Shane. And uh, I wrote that letter that burned somebody's eyeballs at IRS when they read it. Their retinas got scorched. And uh, we've never had another objection from them on notice. 
on legal lawful notice of this is on file with the Secretary of State. He's the big guy. When it comes to this area, he has no choice except to accept this. This means that I'm a, I'm a national, and that means that I'm non-resident to the residency and alien to the status of the 14th Amendment's voluntary servitude. I'll be happy and more than obliged to pay every 871B and 877B tax I ever owe in the future. Hugs and kisses. Bye-bye. Never one single, nobody's got any kind of threatening, nothing. They Again, they just stand there mute. You know, the people that always have an answer stand there mute. What does that tell you? Must tell you something. You know, these creeps aren't in a habit. They're pretty egotistical and hubris. They like to strut around and show you how big they are and how much power they've got and how they rule over you. They like to do all that stuff, don't they? It's pretty obvious. Well, here they stand mute. Does that tell you something? Tells me something. Okay. So the other thing that came up with Tom is pretty interesting. And... uh you know, I've thought a lot about this over the years. Is uh, this guy Kelsey, what's his name, Wayne? Kelsey something or another that's on with Lauren? Kelby? Kelby Kelby, Kelby Smith. Smith, right? I, I don't, I've never heard Kelby. I saw a picture of him. Somebody sent me something with a picture of him the other day. Uh, looks like a nice guy. Um, and he's working with Lauren. And it's my understanding that he wants to charge you between two and three thousand dollars to do your paperwork for you. Is that right? Does anybody know specifically? I don't know. Well, that's what I think Tom alluded to. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, how many of you guys that have done through this process have got an extra two or three grand laying around? Nope. Huh? Anybody? Nobody. Anybody? Okay. Well, it, it sounds to me like if people are going to resort to that, there ain't going to be very many of us around to force anything. Is that what it sounds like to you? Sure thing. Because, as Lauren says, because she doesn't have the time, you don't have the time to learn about your freedom? Well, then I guess if you don't have time to learn about it, you might not ought to be free. What do you think? Yep. Okay. Well, that's my and problem. I would say this, Roger. Um, one thing that I have started to maybe believe about this uh, other group, uh, I know Jeff's visited and some of the guys I know, I believe with David Strait involved, I think there, there could be a money-making operation there, too, that there's fees being charged to do basically what you're talking about for minimal cost, <laughs> nothing. So, you know. It's just a guess, but I have a distinct feeling that may be the case. Again, I don't want to charge you for it. I could have been doing this for years. I'd have been living in a house up on the side of the hill here overlooking the valley, okay? I don't want to do that. I don't care about your money. I want you to keep your money. 
I care about your freedom, and I care about your freedom helping to support mine. And if I charge you for money, here's the problem. You pay me money. I'm enriched. You're depleted. You don't ever go study because you paid somebody to do this for you. And so you sit there, and because there's nothing that changes here out externally. When you go through this process, the world doesn't change. Has anybody here that's gone through this process, did your world substantially change? Did anything change? Negatory. Okay. What changes? You. You. Your attitude. Your everything is the change. And if you don't input the information because you paid somebody to do it for you, there's no change at all. So what have you done? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, you made him rich. I'm sure Kelby Smith lives pretty well. But is he really doing these people a favor? Oh, you got to sever a lot of contracts. You don't have to sever crap. All you have to do is put them on notice that things with one sentence and putting a damn stamp on an envelope with a return receipt requested on a notice and telling them this is on file with the secretary. In other words, this is all fraudulent. I've exposed the fraud. Your stinking contract don't make jiddly squat anymore. You need to pay somebody thousands of dollars to do that? If, I mean, if so, you don't deserve to be free. Sorry. Freedom's something you earn. Our damn forefathers gave their lives and their sacred honors and their fortunes for it. And you want to pay some guy to go do it for you? Come on. Okay, that's my problem there. And I don't know if I do get hooked up over there if that's going to be a problem. Maybe there's some people that want to take that course. If you want to take that course, fine. Okay, but I don't think you're really doing yourself a favor, and I don't think you're doing our movement a favor, and I don't think you're advancing what we're trying to do one iota by having somebody else file your damn paperwork for you and do all your thinking for you and learn. And I'm not sure that they know really uh, over there what's going on, or else he wouldn't have the idea that you got to go back and sever all these contracts because you don't. What's he doing? Is he severing Social Security for you too? The one that doesn't have a nexus and doesn't mean anything? Is that what he's doing for you? You're paying him to do that? Okay, point made. Um, I had an interesting call last night from, uh, I, won't, I won't drop any names here just because it's got some family implications. But he's one of, one of my newer guys, and I, I'm, I'm real pleased to know him. And I was quite flattered that he called me to ask these questions. And... Uh, he said, hey, how you doing? Um, I've got a 16-year-old daughter. Okay. They've asked her at school if she'd like to fulfill this position to stay after and help with this and help with that and work with kids or whatever all of it was. I don't remember. And he said they've sent home all the IRS paperwork with her. What should I do? That's a nice question, isn't it? 16 years old. I said, well, you could, uh, because you're the parent and she's underage, got to be 18 to do those kind of contractual things for yourself. But you could, as a parent or guardian, do that paperwork for her. And, uh, of course, they're wanting her to start. She's wanting to work. And they're, of course, as I told this guy, 
No, there ain't a company that I know of on the face of the earth that's going to fight the IRS for you. Does anybody know of a company that's going to do your IRS fighting for you? Anybody? One company. All we need is one. Just looking for an example. Anybody know a company that's going to fight your IRS battles for you? Dan Pilla. Who? who? <laughs> Dan Dan Pilla. Dan Pilla? <laughs> he advertises he advertises on GCN. Yeah, no, 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 no. Dave, you missed it. I said I said a company, not somebody that you pay to do it for you. Somebody you're working for. Does anybody know a company that you they work for and employed by that's gonna go fight your IRS battles for you? No. Okay, Dan Pilla. No, employees are scared to death. Dan Pilla's been around a long time. They're, the companies are more scared of the some bitches than you are. Really? Um, so I said that, you know, the best thing to do and what we advise people to do on the show here is do it. I guess it's kind of a demur, isn't it? A sidestep, uh, where you go in and go ahead and fill out the paperwork. She's 16. Okay. At 16, she's got nine dependents. Don't you know? She's been very productive at her young age. <laughs> Only nine. <laughs> Only nine. And she's got nine <laughs> dependents. And then so she won't have anything taken out, which means that the IRS won't be holding some of her money, and she doesn't have to file to get it back. And she'll be contributing right away to Social Security. Well, that's true. Okay. And uh, I think he thought that was a pretty good idea. And uh, he said, look, when she's 18 – and she can make her own decisions. I said, well, you know, that's the, that's the parent's dilemma, see? And as I've learned the hard way over this life, you can't want something more for somebody than they want it for themselves. That's a recipe for heartbreak and disaster, okay? And so, that's what, again, this whole thing's got to be voluntary, man. The, more, the deeper I get into this, the more that lesson is hammered home to me, honestly. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, teach your, what, what's the old Crosby, Stills, and Nash song, Jeff? Teach your children well. Okay. Yes, it is. Teach your children well. And uh, by the time she's Parents 18 uh, and you let her make the decision, that's the problem parents have is uh, these kids, especially these days with all the uh, crap that they're connected to and can access to at any time, night or day, um, you want to instill all these good lessons and principles in their life that you've become much more aware of at your old age and how important these are. And these kids know everything at 16, 17, and 18, and they don't want to listen to an old fart like you, old fuddy-duddy, those old ways. And so uh, sometimes uh, getting those lessons across to young people who are young, full of vitriol and foolish and influenced tremendously by the world is is difficult if not impossible okay and you can't force them to do it and you can't want it for them more than they want it for themselves and so about the only thing to really do is to try and enforce all those lessons as well as you can when they're young is that that's the answer look i don't have kids okay i you know i can't tell you how many of my contemporaries over the years have told me how lucky i am not to have kids all right because they had nothing but problems with theirs because of this situation right here, all right? 
But as I get older and look at other situations and think this through and understand a little bit more about life, uh, that seems to be as to implanting those lessons in them as they're growing up and exposing them to strong uh, uh, foundations that even though they may deviate like I did, you know, thank God for my parents. Um, taking me to church when I was young and involving me in vacation Bible school in the summer and all of those types of things, which, uh, you know, didn't really take at the time. Uh, but later on, those lessons that were planted, when, especially when I got into this stuff, man, they just came to fruition. Boom, boom, boom. They came up like, uh, uh, you know, potato, potato cuttings in the garden. Bam, bam, bam. They were all over the place. And it helped to straighten me out and get me off of the the very wide and confusing road that I went through for many years of being professionally in the big-time music industry with all the all the crap that comes with that endeavor, okay? So, anyway, I was real pleased to help this guy, and I think uh, he was satisfied with that answer, and I feel certain that that is the... Uh, that's the way he's going to carry this, and it's a real good way to sidestep this. As we've, and I said, you know, this kind of thing that comes up on our show, uh, and that's the, I don't give advice, that's the suggestions I give to people because it's a real good way to sidestep this. The company, they go, okay, I have nine dependents, no problem, we'll just go ahead and do everything. They don't take as much out of your check. You, can, you don't have to file a 1040 statute staple uh, and to get whatever money they've taken out back, and everything just flows on. And if you, even if the IRS, the individuals representing Satan, keep a little bit of your funds there out of your work and life, well, okay, I'll give you a little bit. It's, you know, it giving you a little bit of, of these uh, debt notes is a hell of a lot easier than fighting you or going through the consequences or whatever, uh, of course, until you maybe get the, the breasticles or the testicles to uh, uh, go ahead and file paperwork and, and, and get balls enough to put these people on notice and say, here are a bunch of damn thieving, lying bastards, and I know it, and this proves it, and leave me alone. And guess what? They leave you alone. How nice is that? So anyway, uh, keep getting uh, keep getting requests for uh, keep getting requests for uh, Matrix Docs. That's nice. These interviews that are out there floating around. A lot of them from ACH. A lot of ACH's listeners, Jeff, listen on a podcast. Not yeah, live. In their different time zone. Yeah, other side of the world. And uh, and that's becoming more and more obvious to me because they particularly reference ACH in their emails. You know, he's got a he's got some really loyal listeners. ACH does a nice guy too. You know, I mean, Andy, I'm really happy to get to know him a little bit better. And I guess we're going to do another show or two. Uh, he said. He wrote me and said, I'm a real busy man, but if you don't hear from me in the next couple of weeks, you contact me. So uh, so obviously he's wanting to learn more, and I want to get on there and talk about the tax system, and I'd like to get on there and finish up on what we were talking about the other day on the one appearance I've been on there because, man, you can't cover this stuff in an hour. You ever tried it? You ever tried to sit down and cover this with somebody in an hour? Good luck. Um. And so uh, we're making more inroads. We're making more inroads into some of these bigger platforms. I'm feeling very optimistic about the rest of this year. Don't know, of course, how it's going to develop. Don't know what's going to happen, but I know that the people are looking for what we got. 
I see him. I, I see Alex Jones up there just about begging. Well, no, 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 we can do this. Please get up. You don't have to do any of that, Alex. All you have to do is learn this, understand it, and file one sentence with one guy. Put a few agencies on notice, and we get a few uh, tens of millions of people that have done that. Our, 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 our creeps that run the show, they got big problems, and they know it. Because now they're in big-time checkmate. They can't come threaten you with all their man-made laws. Oh, you're a terrorist. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're a hater. Oh, you're a puker. Oh, you're a crapper. Oh, you're a whatever. All of those fall under citizens and residents. And if you're not one of them, they can't do diddly squat. That means they can't come after you. That means we're all networked together. we got a wonderful communication device called the Internet. If they come screw with one of you, we got ways to everybody knows. Even if the Internet's down, we do it over sat phones because a lot of people are getting those things now, and that's not affected by all that. We got we we got we've got a remedy here that's big time and powerful. The problem is that we don't realize we got the power. Our enemies do. They know they're scared as hell of us collectively. We don't know that. At least most of us don't. Few of us are starting to realize it. You know, remember, it's only three percent of the people in the colonies that wanted to fight against King George. Three percent. Three percent won the freedom for this country. We don't need too many. I promise you there's a whole bunch of these things on file up there already. I don't have any idea, no way of knowing, and no way of finding out how many. But I, I know from the, the, the comment of that U.S. attorney uh, in open court with John and Glenn in their trials, said the IRS received 100,000 of these affidavits. Well, hell, they were only teaching for six months. Okay. 100,000 of those 30 years ago the IRS got? Well, I've been teaching this for 10 years. How many affidavits do you think the Secretary of State's got? Anybody want to do a wag for us? You know, a wild-ass guess? Anybody got a wag here? Because I, I, I don't, but I, I guarantee you it's substantial. In our numbers, in our frame of reference. Well, we get on a couple of these big platforms, they're going to get flooded with this stuff. And that's what we're looking for. So I think that's going to happen this year, and I'm I'm pretty optimistic about it. And oh hush, let me turn that. Hey, Rod, just one comment about Alex. Yeah, Wayne. He uses the term nationalist continuously during his broadcast, and I sit there thinking, "Come on, Alex, spit it out. You know what this is. Why not bring it out and start talking about the power of uh, having that status? Is especially when on the flip side." You're talking about everybody being so worried about their kids getting vaccinated and the passports and the loss of liberty. Again, he's an example of a guy wandering around. He's got the answers right in front of him, but he can't connect the two. That's right, and he won't listen when you call in or his listeners call in because I've heard at least in many years, and I don't listen. I've really kind of started listening to Alex again lately, and I got a, I'm very proud and pleased for him with the things i hear come out of his mouth compared to the way he used to talk and the things he used to discuss but i would tell you that i've heard two different listeners call into his show years ago when i was you know on those appearances with uh, with joyce uh and two people call into his show one of them went to the trouble to spell my name okay my last name and uh, he always, oh, and I know, and this isn't against him, but blah, 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 and off on his, you know, belligerent kind of stuff. 
Um, and it, it, it is a problem. And I would draw the parallel here that, uh, you know, all this begging for money and having to sell everything and talking about how we might not be here tomorrow and all that. Well, he wouldn't have any of that if he knew where the 10,000 Bitcoin that Max Kaiser gave him is. Okay. So he wouldn't listen to Max Kaiser, which would have solved all his funding programs, and he won't listen to his own listeners calling in about this, would have solved all the other political problems, especially if we'd had 10 years to work on it. Now, in Alex's defense, I don't, what I'm coming to understand, Wayne, at this point, is that the audience wasn't ready for what I had to say 10 years ago. Okay, but now they are, and that that's the one big variable that's changed. Uh, there, there's a couple that have changed. The other, well, I think the other big one, and I believe it is big, is the fact that it's given me a chance to really understand this pretty darn well. And when you understand it, the better you understand it, the more you can simplify it and teach it. And the easier it is to teach, the easier it is for people to grasp and uptake to the point they'll take action. So I think all you know, it's in the Bible. It says all things work together for good. And and I think this is one of those instances where, because, uh, you know, I've told you guys, there's a couple of times I wanted to quit doing this. I mean, really, I couldn't get anybody to listen. We weren't making any progress. I'm going, what, what the hell am I doing here spinning my wheels? There's a condition. Okay, what's the condition? Okay, the conditional is, my statement is that Jones possibly has already filed himself. And that he's got to walk a fence and then saying, well, I've been saying national all this time, but the minute we provide solution, then we might have to find a new business to get I into after a year I, or two. I, I don't think he's got that kind of motives, Mike, honestly. Okay. I think the guy's sincere. All right. He's got his nuts out on the line right now. Let me tell you what. You don't have a guy comes on his show and talks about, hey, I paid for abortions when I was younger. You don't have people come on and bear their souls like that that aren't have some honesty in there. Is my opinion. Okay. Uh, I, it's a very complex thing whether he uses the word or not. I remember hearing him talk about getting stopped a traffic stop out in Nevada, and the cop came up to the up to the window. What's the first thing he asked him, Mike? Did I ask him? Am no, I no, 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 no. That the cop asked him that he relayed on his program. I was going to ask him for his driver's license. No, he asked him if he's a citizen of the United States. Well, I heard that, and I I do remember that statement, but no, I didn't think of that. But that was in the border area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Brent, Brent, before he, I can't, you people that are new, you don't know what we had to go through to drag Brent Winters over the line here. You know, Brent will be the first one to sit there and tell you I'm a little slow on the uptake. Uh, that's out of his mouth. He's a little deliberate on his decisions. We worked on Brent Winters for six plus years every Friday. And well, it'd, get, it'd get to a point where we'd be ganging up on him on the show. Okay? And he never would admit anything. He always he always stood back. And, and I, I don't even know that he's filed it now. He's not really vocal about it, which I wish he would be, and endorse our, our approach here. You know, but I know he said one day he was reworking my affidavit. 
Uh, so I'm assuming I know some other folks over there have, and uh, uh, and uh, once again I don't know that it's my place to tell you who it is, but several of the folks over there have and have told me that they were going to. Uh, but it's an individual choice, and I just make that point of man, what we had to do to work on Brent Winters to get him to realize this and and to admit it, even tacitly. Okay. I mean, you, you can't. Yeah, you can't imagine the, the the way we'd beat up on him on Fridays. What, Mike? You ask, uh, did anybody have a ballpark figure for how many may already be registered? And I would suggest the uh, lady that you referred to, who you referred to, someone else, that uh, she, reading his material for the price that he charged, he's going to say how many people he's already worked with theoretically and multiply that by 100,000. Are you talking about Kelby Smith? If that's a the lady you mentioned no it's not a lady it's he works with lauren over there who's the ex-pharmaceutical rep that has an hour-long show on the weekends but i'm not sure who you're talking about well that's whoever your reference was i'm just saying that person says oh this website will for three thousand dollars oh well so ask her how many has that website process multiply by a hundred thousand in general, well, I, you you think Kelby Smith's done a hundred thousand at two to three thousand a piece? If so, he's living better than I thought he was. No, I'm just saying take whatever he says and multiply in general. Not meaning that he's done that many. Just saying what we don't know. That would be my best first guess. Yeah, I, well, I got I got no idea, and there's no way we know, and there's no way the State Department's probably going to tell us either. Okay. Uh, but the, and I, you know, hell, the U S attorney could have been lying. The U S attorneys have been known to lie in open court. All right. But that's what Glenn told me after they got out of jail, that that guy got up in court out there, you know, in all the proceedings they had, cause it took them years to get those guys, uh, off, sent off and, uh, said that statement in open court, the IRS received a hundred thousand of those five page affidavits. They only taught for six months. You know, and there's another point that some of you new people may not realize, just how fortunate we are here, because they only taught for six months. There's only 1,200 students that went through their course, and I was the only one that continued to pursue it, the only one out of 1,200 people. If I wouldn't have done that, and I'm not patting myself on the back, I'm kind of saying in amazement, quite frankly. If I wouldn't have done that, we still wouldn't know this stuff. We'd still be floundering around paying people like Kelby thousands of dollars to do it for us, and we'd be making no headway. Because in that endeavor right there of paying somebody money to do this, there's no, there's no, uh, no forward movement. You may, again, you may get a little personal relief, but you, you, you're not going to study. You can't go explain it to everybody else. You can't fall under the rubric of the only way I can protect my liberty is to help you protect yours because you don't even know what your damn liberty is. You paid somebody for it. And then you never went out and followed up and did it because you paid somebody. You're not going to go expend that effort. I can't say everybody's like that. I'm sure there's probably a few people that do get curiosity, you know, and, and follow up. But for the most part, you pay somebody that kind of money. Well, hey, I paid them. Hell, I'm going to go off and do whatever. Like Lauren says, I'm busy. I'm busy. Oh, okay. 
So this is the logical approach. It's the way we can get numbers. I don't want your freedom to depend on uh, on if the COVID, you lost your job because of it or your business or something else happened and you're broke. Well, I guess if I'm, if I'm broke, I can't be free because I can't pay Kelby. Well, that that's a that's a no 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 win situation except for Kelby, and he may be a nice guy. I don't know how much he knows. All you people keep sending me stuff. Here, Roger, spend an hour listening to this guy. Oh, hey, look at this and tell me what you think. Well, you know my time's pretty precious to me. Okay, I'm 73 years old. I don't know how much of it I got left, and I don't want to spend it watching these creeps, which I listen to them, and I go, oh, Lord, it's another ship sailing on the sea on the land crap. You know, what I want to do is teach you guys where you can evaluate that. I want you to learn. I'm trying to duplicate myself. That's the key, just like network marketing. That's the key to success is duplication. That's what I'm trying to do here. That's why I make it so simple as possible. I want you to become experts. I want you to be able to go out there and talk to people about it. I want you to do what Gary's doing out in Montana and get in front of your local Patriot group and show them something and explain it to them. Okay? That's where we're making progress when those sorts of things start happening. And thank you, Gary, for everything you've done out there. Okay? You've made a you made you you you've made some real big uh, uh big hits out there, buddy. You know, um, it it may be that uh, we get an audience with Mike Adams here uh, in in a short short. Maybe don't know. Many a slip between the cup and the lip, but I know it's being talked about. Okay. And, 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 and Jim says, well, do you, want, do you want a slot over on Brighton Radio? I said, well, here's the problem. Is Mike, because he's had such an onslaught of requests from what he said, I've heard him say this in his little situation updates, he's had a lot of response putting this network on the air. A lot of people want to be on there so much to the point where he's wanting to limit people's time to an hour. It's a regular, traditional run spots type situation. So there's spot breaks. I don't know what a spot clock's going to look like, but there's going to be breaks. So we can't simulcast. Otherwise, we could plug this in and simulcast these two hours. But if you got one side running spots with spot breaks and the other side not, you can't do that. And we already know that I can only cover so much time, uh, so much ground in an hour, especially if there's spot breaks involved, okay? Maybe it's a traditional clock. They got three or four different breaks during the hour. I don't know how Mike's going to run this and structure it. So uh, if he's only going to limit you to an hour, how do I get on there on any kind of a regular basis in an hour of time with spot breaks, go over this information that needs to be continuous? You need to have a flow of understanding here. You need to be able to see how these moving parts are structured and work not only independently, but as they're interspersed in the master plan here that these guys have cooked up. And, and you don't do that in, in short periods of time with a lot of breaks. It's very confusing. Okay, I've been on enough of these shows as a guest to get to a real critical point, especially on GCN. They're the worst. Okay, in all honesty, you get to a point, and and you get to some critical point, and all of a sudden you hear the music in the background. You got a three or five minute break, and by the time you get back, you even forgot where the hell you were and what you're talking about. 
Now you got to go back and reset everything up, and then there's a couple of minutes, and bam, there's another spot break, and you got to go through it all again. It's very counterproductive, okay? Even for an experienced radio guy that knows this stuff as well as I do, it's extremely counterproductive. And so I try and my best not to do those things. Sometimes you get an opportunity and you don't want to pass it up and you just about got to deal with it in some way, shape, or form. But, uh, you know, I think you can see from what you know about what we do here and what we're involved in that that can be somewhat counterproductive and frustrating. It's frustrating for the listener. I'm sure it's frustrating. I know it's frustrating for me. So uh, what uh, what I told Jim was, uh, why don't you mention to Mike that maybe we can do a one-on-one like he's good at doing with some of these folks. He's had some one-on-ones with some of these patriot, quote-unquote, law guys before. And uh, maybe even do it in two parts, you know, because if, if you want to sit down and cover it all, it's going to take... A better part of two hours, that's a long time. Uh, you could take whatever the total is and break it up into part one and part two and do it on subsequent days. It's part one, part two tomorrow. Then give me a slot on there to answer questions, and your audience has heard your interview with me will be tuned up to that, and they can come ask questions. I can deal with questions in that other format. It's the explanation that's difficult. Okay, So maybe that's an answer. Don't know. Don't know how it's going to work out, but uh, those seeds have been planted. Again, thank you, Gary. Okay, Man, what Gary has done out there and what he took the initiative to do out in his area may have really wide-ranging repercussions. Okay, And you just never know where what you do or who you're talking to, how it's going to turn out, who it's going to affect, and what the results are going to be. Those are the unknowns, you know. I feel like Donald Rumsfeld. There are knowns and there are unknowns. And then there are unknown unknowns and unknown known unknowns. You remember all that? So uh, anyway, that's uh, kind of that. What I've done my little soliloquy here for the first, uh, my monologue, if you will, an extended Johnny Carson monologue. <laughs> so does anybody have any questions or comments? Let's get in some dialogue going here. Roger. Hello. Uh, this is Pat Menderhow. Can you hear me? Pat, I can barely hear you. Can you talk into the microphone a little bit closer, bud? I, I will. I listened to you on Roger Hitchcock, and I just said I was always just absolutely amazed. You, you've nailed everything. Jordan Maxwell, to all these people that are preaching this, and, and, and they say, you know, you, you, you can't make somebody that likes you know, Mexican food go get Italian. They won't. They just won't listen to it. They don't like it. <laughs> but you, you made a very good case, and uh, you know uh, I agree with you. And I, I've been saying this. I don't know if you know Anna Von Ritz, you know, and um, but uh, she's uh, quite a little, you know, fire breather. She is, and uh, we're uh, everybody. The Michigan Assembly, all these assemblies, they are trying to reconstitute what Lincoln stole from us. He stole, uh, and I'll, you're, you're pretty good with history. You probably even familiar. There's two different, uh, our original Continental Congress had deputies. And uh, that was separate from the uh, Federalists who were out of New York City. We were in Philadelphia, the Continental Congress. They, they, they uh, congregated in New York City and uh, in Zionist heaven up there with, with uh, uh, the uh, uh, 
uh, with the British, Tories, and all that, the Federalists. And uh, they burned out uh, Philadelphia in, uh, in 1812, went for our archives. All right. And then he just hounded us to where we just, you know, and then Lincoln finished it up. He, he, he went in and he attacked all the states and, uh, and ran out all the state houses and implemented them, his own people. And it's a little, it's a little complicated where you got different structures and you got the assemblies, the state assemblies, you got county assemblies, you got the state assembly, and then, uh, and the actual government itself, the state government and the federal government, they're nothing more than subcontractors. The real owners, the oversight, we retained it. We were the United States of America. They, you, you got it right. U.S. citizen, uh, you're a corporate entity under black law. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no. I'm going to disagree with you. You're not a corporate entity. You're a piece of their property in voluntary servitude. You're not a corporation. You don't have bylaws. You're in servitude. You're a slave. I wouldn't argue that. That's pretty good. I, uh, you know, whatever the case, they they don't they they change your status. They change your uh, status. And, uh, and then you, and then they tricked you into volunteering and agreeing with them. Yep, all true. Yep. and we never caught on because they, they, we don't have the we didn't have the communication network we got now. Man, you had to wait, you know, for ships to come across the ocean or trying to get from one side of some uh, uh, Zionist train from getting one side of the coast to the other with information. And then they got Reuters International in, you know, and, uh, and they had a total control. On all information, and uh, you know, so yeah, they 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 manipulated us, and uh, you know they got clean away with it. It's like they get away with everything, but yeah, they I, know I'm going us back off right there. They they know us really well, Mike, and they really know how to fool us, and they've done an exceptionally good job here. And that's another reason that this information gets out, because you know what? See, everything is dialectical. We can reverse everything they do, and we can I can use that little term that they use on their false holocaust never again. Well, see, I can use that, too, and apply it to this, and it's real, because this slavery of the world through this mechanism they've devised is real. And if we get it spread open enough and people really see them hanging from some of these trees and it makes the impression it's meant to, we can say never again, too, you satanic pieces of human garbage. That was what Patrick Henry said. You know, uh, unfortunately, uh, tires only understand one thing, force. That's true. And he dealt with them. You can't. They do not. They. You know why they don't understand anything else is because they have, they have literally no compassion for anything. That's a long story. What their roots are, I don't. Depends on how far back you want to go. Eustace Mullins. I don't know if you know that man. I but know him. I, I had a chance to meet him several times and hear him in person numerous times. Yes, I was very honored, and I consider that an honor in my patriot uh, life to be able to say that. Right. If you know your history, you know you can appreciate uh, it is vast. You know. Uh, retropause of uh, the information he's got and, you know, and, uh, how he used to go in there at the Library of Congress and just skim thousands of pages a day, you know, and he's just amazing. But uh, he, he, you know? if you go back what he says, these people, yes. 
No, I was just going to say, but your comment about him being in the Library of Congress audience might not know this. He was a page at the Library of Congress when he was going to college. And it was his law professor, his professor at college, that knew Ezra Pound when Ezra Pound was in St. Elizabeth's over there. And he's the one that bird-dogged Eustace to go over there and spend Friday afternoons with him. I think it's Friday afternoons. And then, because he was a page at the Library of Congress and he knew the building so well, he found a room with a bed and a complete living facility down in the basement on some floor. There's several floors, evidently, underneath the Library of Congress. And so what he would do is on Friday afternoon, he'd go down there in that room, and they'd lock up the Library of Congress for the weekend, and he had free reign in the Library of Congress for the whole weekend. And he'd literally spend his weekends in the basement in that room at the Library of Congress. That's where he got a lot of that information. Yeah, absolutely. He, he had access to all these rare books. Yeah, things that. Well, Mike, Mike, let me ask you a question here. Uh, you're the you're, first time we've had a, a, a conversation with you. Have you been listening very long? No, I haven't. Roger introduced me to, you know, listen to Roger uh, Hitchcock. Roger Hitchcock? I don't know. I don't know who he is. Right, Hitchcock. Okay, I don't oh, know. Who, I don't know who he is either. <laughs> I'm sorry, not Roger Hitchcock. Um, gosh, uh, um, uh, guy from Great Britain. I Andrew Carrington. Oh, Hitchcock. Andy, Andy. Oh, Andrew Carrington Hitchcock. Andy Hitchcock. Okay, so you just heard that program Andy that Carrington. you did the program that we did the other day, just a couple of weeks ago. Yes, yes, sir. Okay, well, listen, where are you calling from? I'm uh, in Houston, Texas. Okay, glad to, hear, uh, glad to hear you're in Texas, uh, and uh, glad to make your acquaintance, and I'm glad you're listening to us. I had some people that responded to that and said, well, now I, now I'm gonna, I listen to Andy, now I'm going to start listening to you. Are you one of those guys, I guess? <laughs> so, uh, Michael, we're glad to have you, and I appreciate your comments. What, what else uh, observations have you got? You, so you're relatively new to my information. I no, I'm not. I know exactly what you're talking about. No, 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 no. All right, let me let me rephrase that. You're relatively new to me in my presentation of this information. Yes, correct. Okay, okay, good. Well, we're glad to have you, and uh, you know, just go ahead. I just for you know for shits and giggles, you know, Jesus Mullins wrote a book called The Curse of Canaan. Yes, he did. And uh, I don't know if you're—I don't know if you're familiar with Christian identity. Yes. And uh, you know, our, our true roots. You know, saying that we are actually the Israelites, and we've been uh, usurped upon. Imagine that somebody condescending. Uh, but uh, he said that actually the, the Canaanites are what we call the Jews today. They were like cannibals. You know, uh, they were—they were. They were uh, uh, cannibals and they were ball worshippers. Yep, and uh, that's where that word come from. Yep, and, and uh, so yeah, I just moved to go for that. And I, that's a little bit, but uh, he, he was adamant about that. You got to go back in history to understand. Yep, where we're at now. Yep, and, and the Canaanites take it that far back. And you bring, the Canaanites morphed into the people we call the Phoenicians, the merchants of the earth. They had child sacrifice, the whole, all the other stuff. Exactly. Yeah, and, and uh, you just track them. 
they changed their name uh, because you know they said, uh, you know, because they wanted to lose that stigma yep. of that can of being a cannibal and stuff. Yep. And oh, they're so good. They're, yeah, but there's some there's rats that goes all the way back for thousands of years. 6,000-year-old death cult is how I've heard people refer to them lately, and I'm not sure that I disagree with that. don't know exactly what, uh, you know, how, you know, what can you say about how they were, where exactly they came from, but they were, they were Canaanites, and they were just, they had their reputation, and uh, they, did, they, uh, they changed their name, and they... The Sabbateans and, uh, you know, and whatnot, you know, and they have black nobility and, uh, you know, they're, they're, um, uh, 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 they're always changing their name. They're really good at that. Yes, just like I, I keep saying here in my legal research, the reason I never could figure this out for all those years was because they take the same concept and they just relabel it. I mean, you know, they take this national concept and they call it four or five different things. Non-resident alien, non-citizen national. They call it a bunch of different stuff, and that's why I never could. And I think that's really the failing of our entire patriot research community is they don't understand that you pay attention to the concepts in the background and not the labels they put on it. As I'm fond of saying, it's like the guy in vaudeville, you know, that would take the new pig, and, and he'd, they'd take the pig and they'd put a different color lipstick and a different little tooth two on it and bring it out and go oh look at the new pig and all the people would clap you know it's same old pig let's say the hey, name man. changes the press stinks the same <laughs> you mean it still smells like gefilte fish <laughs> <Oy vey. laughs> thank you brent um so, Mike, we're happy to have you, man. And uh, listen, you sounds like you're calling in on the. Did you dial in on the phone numbers, or are you calling in on the Jitsi? On the phone numbers. Okay. Well, it, there's because you sound a little distant. I don't know if you got a dumb phone or whatever, but there's ways to connect with us digitally, and we can hear you better if you want to do that. And if you don't, we can hear you fine now. So it's all right, you know. But I just want to let you know that. What can, are there any questions, yeah. are there any questions you've got that I can answer for you being a kind of a new guy? No, I've listened to, over have listened to uh, Andrew Sheridan Hiscock about three times, like a sore, where, where, where you, you know, the gist of what you were saying. And I couldn't find one thing I, that I, you know, that, uh, that was, uh, didn't know or, you know, or disagreed with, you know, and, uh, you know, the thing is, We've got to we've got to drill into our our people's brains, you know uh, what the heck they done did to us. Yeah, I know. I'm trying, buddy. I got the drill out. I keep trying to sharpen it, but it keeps getting dull on me real quick. Now, I will now listen. I, I, well, I got a lot of passion about this. I can tell you this: we're on the verge of making some real giant steps with this, and believe me, I've been in the trenches with it for a long time. Okay, I mean, I've been out here trying since 19. When I stumbled on the answer in 2007, 
So that is uh, approximately 15 years ago. And since I stumbled on that, and I didn't have a clear understanding, but I had an understanding enough to know what was happening, uh, uh, for 15 years I've been trying to get this out. And the, and the the more that I understand it, uh, the better I think we get it out, the easier it is to get across. The more people, as we go forward, are interested in finding out answers. And uh, here we come on the doorstep of stepping into a threshold or over a threshold into a big room with where a lot of people are looking for what we got. They just We just haven't been able to get to them and hook up with them yet. But you just give us a little more time, and I think we're going to be there. All we got to do is hit one of the big three platforms. Uh, the big three platforms I consider to be Alex Jones, Jeff Rents, and Mike Adams. We get one of those three, I think we'll get all three of them. Okay, and if we get all three of them, these guys have got big problems because they're in big time checkmate and they're literally neutered because we're going to hit the people that care, that are productive. They're going to file the affidavit. These creeps are going to lose all their authority and jurisdiction over them. On top of that, many of them, most of them, I hope all of them will withdraw from the IRS system. And now their whole system's gone if they can't go in and prey on those people. So it's a series of dominoes that falls, and what's got to happen now, there's a big pool of gasoline sitting out there. It's vaporizing, and we're looking for the match, okay? And we may we got the match. We just hadn't found the striker yet. I agree. I, I just I don't think you're going to get anywhere with Alex Jones, though. He's well, really good. Well, you know, maybe, maybe not. But that's the that's a platform I'd like to shoot for. I know he's looking for this answer. At least that's what I take from what I hear him. And the big problem, I think, Mike, is if I was to get on Alex Jones, is would he let me talk long enough to get the message out without interrupting me all the time? Like he did David Duke, I believe. Well, all those guys, you know. And so, uh, but that's okay. Uh, it, the other two, if I get the other two, that'll be all right. We'll get one of them. And then you start getting all the video guys, the SGT reports, the Dave Jandas, the Sarah Westalls, and all of their pretty combined huge, huge audiences. And you'd get that whole bunch. And, you know, listen, we don't need a whole bunch of people. All we need is a small, concerted element that have got influence and will file this paperwork and follow through with it, see what we're doing, believe in it, and we can all link arms and, and sing kumbaya against the Satanist bastards. And they got big problems, man. I'm telling you, we get to that point, these guys have got big problems. They know it. We're the ones that don't know it. That's right. You know, they, they, it's like the FDR. You know, called all the law professors, all the bar attorneys, and it says, uh, "This is what we're going to do. We're going, we're going to have nothing but military-style courts here. And I don't care what you call them." And they blocked all of the common law thing, all these like this common law birth certificate and everything. They they, they blocked all that. They, they they can't afford to have us a loose can around. Well, what they um, did very dangerous. Well, they didn't block it. They got your status changed where you don't have access to it anymore. And they're not military courts. They're all under the UCC. They're all under the Uniform Commercial Code. Okay? 
and their administrative tribunals more so than and but you don't have access well well you don't have access to the common law anymore until you file an affidavit now you do let's get uh, again that comes back to numbers we get people that have filed that paperwork with the secretary of state now the playing field is level now we can get together and have common law courts and stuff now we've got something with teeth you know go get people in your area and get a sheriff in there uh, that understands what is going on and now you got backing in your county from the law enforcement the highest law enforcement in the county see there's things and ways we can move forward here which are legit lawful and legal okay but we got to get the people to do it that's right i was hoping to get like sheriff back on board he just he he won't listen i know I know Sheriff Mack personally, and I've tried to get this information to him for 15 years, and I can't get his attention. I had dinner. I had dinner. I had dinner with him and his wife several times when we do those expos. Not just with them, but with the you know group of people. I know Sheriff Mack not well, but we've met. We've spent time around each other. I can't get his attention. I don't go I don't go beating my head against a wall. Well, it is a shame, okay? But what it tells us is, okay, well, don't mess with them right now. Let's go find somebody that's got ears and eyes to see and wants to listen. That's what I do. You know, like Robert da- David Steele, you know, he's Oh, he's he, um, he, tra- he got up with Sheriff Mack and they were Let me tell you about Robert David Steele. I contacted him and said, I got an answer. He made a big statement. I've reviewed more books on Amazon than anybody else. You ever hear him say that? All the time. Okay. Well, I said, can I send you a copy of my book and you review it? You know what he said? No. Okay. I don't know what's up with him. He's, you know, Ego. He, he Ego. Ego is what was up with him. Ego. Me too. I got a comment. Okay, we'll get to you in a second, Mike. We've got other Mike here, your other fellow Texan Mike on. So anyway, that you know, that's, that's Patrick uh, Roger. That's Patrick, and he's a member of our National Assembly. Okay, well, Patrick, I'm sorry. I thought it was Mike. I'll get to you in a second when we're done with Mike here. Go ahead, Mike. You got anything to add, Mike? I Oh, okay. This is Ad Mike. We presume. Oh uh, no! Well, this is the guy in Houston, the new guy that I was talking to. Okay. Go ahead, I'm Houston. Patrick. I'm that Patrick. new guy is Patrick. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got thought it was Mike. I'm sorry, Patrick. You call me what you want. Just don't call me late for dinner. Well, I'm not fixing dinner, so I won't call you for dinner. Early or late. <laughs> so, Patrick, well, I'm sorry to misidentify you. I thought you were Mike, but we're glad to have you. You're part of Anna Von Reich's assembly. Is that what you're telling? Is that what uh, uh, Dave is telling us there? Uh, no, no. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a critic of hers. She knows me well. Me and her went round and round many times. I see. Come on, Roger. You know me better than that. Anna Von Ritz is an assembly disassembly agent. Well, I mean, she, I know she's got a lot of people going down a trail that ain't going to do much good and wasting a lot of people's time. She's a saboteur. Well, I'm not sure title. about that. I, I, You know, I, I know she's connected to the Pope. That's got to tell you something. Ah, come on, 
God, she's a bar card attorney for the World Bank and the Pope. Okay, well, see, I don't know all that stuff, Dave. I don't go off church. She wrote that in her own book, Roger. Okay. She wrote that in a book, and I've heard her say it on calls that I've been on with her. So uh, I yield well, I, I mean, just another, more more reason for me not to pay any more attention to her than I do right now, which is nothing. I've been following her from 2016, and me and her had conversations, you know, uh, you know, over and over, and uh, and. Uh, it's not. It, it's usually pretty good because she's a very smart, smart lady, but she's a, but she's a crypto Jew, and, uh, and it shines through. Whatever she, it's like I used to always say. It's, she's she's like you're, you're you're ignoring this elephant in the room with a red star on it. How do you manage to do that? You know, you're you're, you're they, they 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 have conquered the whole world, and you have not yet even said one word about it. You know, she's an agent. Okay, well, maybe uh, there's certainly those amongst us that do fit that profile. And, you know, this is why I don't go chasing everybody else's material. Oh, Roger, listen to this. I don't give a flip what those people are doing. My 30 years of experience in the Patriot community, the first 15 when I was in Atlanta and used to go see every dog and pony guru show that came to town where you had to pay money to go sit in there and listen to that all weekend, you know, right way law, wrong way law, uh, uh, you know, all these different organizations that go around. The right way law, the Rommel's, Rommel's School of Law probably had more of it right than anybody else, okay? But my my experience is that most of those guys, none of them really knew what they were talking about. They can't even give you the legal definition behind the word, the concept of the legal word person. Well, if they can't do that, then why, why, what else are they telling you they don't know about? Right. Now, you know, Robert Ever Steele or, you know, Sheriff Mack, they refuse. I don't know where they did. They have a mental block or something. Don't know. They can't seem to understand common law and, you know, just simple stuff. I don't know either, Patrick, but I know that I just go, okay, we're next. You know, some will, some won't. So what? next love to have you at the party if you don't want to come see you later have a good life we'll get to you one of these days maybe you'll look at this with an open mind and it'll register with you i i don't know you know all i know is i keep going through people to find people like you that will take your time and come to listen to this that'll say hey this guy's got it right all these things fit okay those are the people i want i want the ones i believe the bible describes them as eyes to see and ears to hear you got an open mind you know, you're looking for answers and you're willing to entertain things that may be strange to you, but that seem to make sense and follow them up. And that's why I tell each and every one of you all the time on here how precious each and every one of you are to me. And when you understand what I just said and you go through an experience of trying to spread this yourself, you'll appreciate that statement a little bit more. I promise you. Jeff, do you appreciate it when you go over there to that group in Dallas that's all this sh ship sailing on the land crap? I appreciate it so much. I can only stand so much. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and that, and I just, each and every one of you mean a lot to me. We got a core nucleus of people here we can do something with, finally. Okay. Finally, and we're getting ready to hit some of these other avenues. And because let me tell you, I promise you, there's a lot of people. There's tens of millions of people like us that are looking for what we got right now. We just hadn't been able to touch up with them yet. And maybe, hey, hey Roger, maybe we're about to. Yeah, is that you, Samuel? 
Yes, sir. Hey, man. I, I just wanted to say that uh, even if you get a one-hour opportunity, that's an opportunity to plug the other shows that you did that are longer, you know, like with uh, uh, Deanna. I know. And uh, I know. Stat Miller and our show. So, you know, um, just uh, but the problem with that, you know, you get a one time hit and who 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 grasps it or writes it down or, you know, it's sort of got to be consistency. Well, you know, Mike Adams has got a pretty I got to think he's got a pretty sharp audience. People that follow him. Okay. And again, this is like your comment on Rents. Rents, no matter what you think of him, and I don't, we don't know about his personal life, about the things that you talk about, but I can tell you this, he's real good on the air. He's been doing the same thing the same way for a long time, and although a lot of his guests I, I wouldn't have on here and spend my time with him, quite frankly, but he does, and he's got a mighty loyal audience because he's been doing it way over 25 years consistently and you got to admit rents the one thing rents is he's incredibly consistent you know there is something that mike adams did that uh was probably had something to do with aliens or something that was a little bit more out there and stat miller said he would never have him on the show again because of that position that he took well and uh, i sort of agreed at the time i don't even remember what it was I don't know anything about all that. I, you know, I don't mess with UFOs or aliens or anything else. You never hear me bring it into any conversation because I try and teach people about black letter stuff. I can go show you. How many times do I tell you, don't listen to me. Go look at this yourself. Okay. Because when you go look at it yourself, it's your information. It's not some guy on the radio telling you something. See, it's a whole different deal. And the minute I'm with somebody like that and I start mentioning UFOs and aliens, I've lost 50% of them. And I'm not doing it to lose people. I'm trying to gain people. Yeah, well, I think that's Rents and Adams in a nutshell. Probably. Well, I mean, I agree with that. Okay, I mean, I hear it on there. And I, what about the guy that talks backwards, for God's sakes, or that gets all these people talking about, this is your subconscious mind? Oh, well, I, I admit the subconscious mind is real powerful, but I don't think it structures your your speech forward to convey messages that you can listen to backwards. I just don't think it's doing that. Sorry. Paul is dead. Do I? <laughs> Paul is dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, and if, uh, if Lorenz wants to believe that, great, go do it. But, man, two hours out of your prime program on that kind of stuff right there it just makes me shake my head. But, look, I, I just want to get access to his audience, Samuel. Was that you, Patrick, trying to say something? Now, don't get me started. Uh, 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 Michael Reagan, Robert Reagan's son, gets to call me Art Bell. Okay. You don't know. Art Bell is a UFO guy. So oh, yeah, no, no. But, yeah, I know. I know about Art Bell, and I know about all that stuff. And, you know, I got to meet, uh, I, again, some of these people I met because I was in Atlanta for a lot of these formative years was a guy that uh, a lot of people talk about posthumously, uh, Bill Cooper. Okay. I got to meet Bill Cooper twice and see him speak twice. And that's a lot of his stuff was UFO stuff. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just saying I don't talk about it. Roger, in the in the in the Genesis six book, um, Gary Wayne uh, gives a a fairy um what should I call it? Uh, encounter 
it's an old Scottish tale that's told still to date greatly. And it's exactly like an, a UFO encounter. And, of course, the fairies he brings back to the Nephilim. Listen, all that stuff could be very true, okay? I got enough on my plate with what we do, and I try and keep it down to earth where people can go check stuff out themselves and verify it. I don't know of any place you can go verify an alien or a UFO. Do you? How about the Phil Hendry show? Who is he? I don't know who he is. I don't know about old Phil. You want to tell well, us about Well, my, my point is is what we're calling aliens. Yeah, they're alien. They're alien to truth, justice, and salvation. They're, well, they're, they're, they're from Genesis 6 and probably pre-time, and God's dealing with it. You know the aliens I know about? Terrestrial or extraterrestrial? What now, Patrick? Are we talking terrestrial or extraterrestrial? I'm talking about aliens that are alien from the federal government that are state citizens. <laughs> Those are the only aliens I'm concerned terrestrial. with. Terrestrial. What did that guy call it the other day? Fizzreal. 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 What I'm saying to Patrick here is that these things we call aliens are the disembarked spirits of fallen angels don't don't I, I don't disagree with that probability and possibility of it samuel you know speaking of israel i was watching what was i watching this morning uh oh it was on the yes, yesterday's owen stroyer show at a mall in israel to place your order at mcdonald's you got to have a vax card and it's all done on touch screen, and if you don't tell them you got a vax card, it shuts off and goes back and won't let you order at McDonald's. That may be one of the greatest things that's happened to mankind is requiring people to have a vax card at McDonald's. Can you imagine all all the black community going to McDonald's from here forward? <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. God. Honest to God. Unbelievable. God, unbelievable. Hello. Hi, Hello. Roger. Hello. Hold it. We got a. Is Hello, that? Oh, oh, who we got here? Oh, who we got here? I got some feedback coming on. I got echo coming. Where's it coming from? Somebody uh, got a radio on in the background. Okay. No, I I've been trying to to actually speak for, since the beginning. Okay. But I've been having so many issues, technically. Okay. Well, we got you. <laughs> we got you loud and clear now. Who you? Who am I talking with? This is Ramona. I'm uh, from Los Angeles. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a friend with uh, Paget and Ephraim. Oh, you lucky girl! <laughs> so, I actually work for LA County. Yeah. And I'm looking into the national becoming a national. Yes, ma'am. And I do have a question. How how would I? tell my employer and keep my job at the same time that I'm a national. Well, I, you know, and this is who somebody's got a phone ringing. If you could catch that, it's a little distracting. Um, this is one of those things where you're, you know, I don't have a clear cut answer for you, but I can tell you this. If you were to change status and they fired you, you would have a really nice discrimination lawsuit because they're clearly discriminating against you. Does that help, Ramona? 
Oh, Ramona. Da, 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 da. There you are. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Um, so what, I guess one of the conditions of employment was to be either a resident or a citizen. Oh, so well, how okay. does that? Well, I, you know, I don't know. That, I, I, you know, I don't know about the laws that are required in California for municipal employment. So you're telling me part of the requirements are that you're a citizen or a resident? Yeah, they were asking me on the on the form when I joined the county. Why? Oh, maybe you need to ask them why a national isn't qualified. Was that the I nine? Was that the I nine? To be honest with you, I don't recall it. It's been like two years ago before okay. I found out about becoming a national. And All right. Well, when we're in it, and it's happened, I don't remember how many years ago when they passed some legislation. Any employer that hires somebody, you have to fill out a form called an I 9. Okay. And okay. that I 9 has a list of statuses up there on it. And yeah, one of them. Two are, options. Go, go ahead, Jeff. Let Jeff tell us here. Yes, at the very top of that <clears throat> form, under citizenship, there are two boxes for you to mark one or the other. And one is labeled U.S. citizen, and the other box to check is labeled national. It's your choice. Okay, go. so it does. I know it has national as one of the options, and we need to know exactly where they're making that statement, Ramona, that you are relaying to us. If it's in that I-9, you had a way around it, okay? Okay. Uh, you, you could have checked national. You could probably file a new one. I'll tell you what you might want to do is contact mm -hmm. the county attorney. Okay. okay. And just say, look. I want to do this. I want to change status. It's my prerogative. What repercussions would this have on my employment? And if it has repercussions on it, what do you consider the uh, criteria for a discrimination lawsuit? Because they're both the same, the State Department says. All U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. How can you discriminate against me? Okay, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't think about this. Okay. My my whole point was that becoming a national would kind of be against, you know, actually working for for the government. Well, but at it this shouldn't. Time, I think it shouldn't be. But you see, then they lose control over you because their man-made laws don't apply to you anymore, and I believe that's why they get real skittish about this kind of stuff. Well, I come from a communist country, and when I immigrated here, to be to be honest with you, I didn't sign up for this crap. Well, good for you. I and think you ought to tell the county attorney that. What country did you immigrate from? Um, I came from Romania 22 years ago. Oh, well, good. well, welcome, and we're glad you made it, and I can understand why you want to get away from that crap. And I've Thank heard you. a lot of other people that immigrated from communist countries say, man, we see exactly what's happening here because we saw it in our own country. We've, I've been seeing this coming along years yep, ago, but yep. everybody thought I was crazy. Yep. No, I understand. Well, I may. And, I, I would float the idea that maybe you should write the county attorney, uh, either if you could get an appointment with him, which I don't know if you could, but you might just write him a letter. I've become aware of the fact that I have the option to change political status to a U.S. national or a national, and I'd like to know what the ramifications are on my employment of that move and throw the ball over in their court. But See, should I do this before I become a national or after? Well, 
I don't have all the answers, Ramona. You know, I get into these technical stuff and people's individual (laughs) situations. And, you know, if I haven't been through it or we haven't had somebody that's been through it, I generally don't want to step out on a limb and say this, that, and the other. Okay. Now, what I tell people like you in this situation is the way that we get concrete answers is by people that are in these situations pressing the envelope like we're talking about and getting answers and coming back and saying, hey, look what this guy said. You know, and you may yeah, want get them on the record. Yeah, get them on the record, and and in that letter, you say if it was to happen to terminate my employment, uh, wh- what kind of discrimination lawsuits would would this generate, or would be applicable, or something to that effect? Because it's clearly discrimination. I've gotten several jobs since changing my status, and I indicated U.S. National on the I nine. Haven't heard a peep about it. You know, it's just uh, what you might want to do. What are your concerns? Just losing your job or are taxes they're taking out or what? Because you may could kind of do both in all actuality. You know, you don't have to notify them that you're a national anymore unless they try and tread on your rights and make you do some of this stuff that you don't have to do in that status. Just increase your dependence. Just take your tax form. Like we, excuse me, I'm sorry for interrupting you. I want you to speak and ask your questions. But like if it's a tax situation, change your uh, withholding to nine dependents. Okay. Now they're not taking as money as much money out, and you don't have to file at the end of the year to get it back. Okay. And then you notice them internally, IRS, that your status has changed and it's on file with the Secretary of State, and you don't have any obligation to pay taxes. And so you kind of sidestep the issue without confronting it. It's it's not the tax part. That's like my second thing okay my main thing is i'm not toxinated and i have never tested and i I plan on remaining this way okay the way it's meant to be okay how long how many years have you worked you said a couple of years so you haven't worked for the city of los angeles very long right uh it's the county no it's only two years but um i i actually had to go on on leave because they got to the point, and they actually suspended me while I was on leave. Anyway, because that's another the, whole b- Because of this story. vac? Because of the vax? Your lack of vax? Yes. Yes. And well, because I don't want to register in their system, and because I don't want to test. Okay, well, maybe so that maybe it, maybe it is time for you to file file it and hold their feet to the fire. I've got this on file. I'm a national. What are you going to do now? Yeah. The advantage you've got, Ramona, seems to me is that you haven't got a lot of time and grade there. You're not like there 12 or 13 years and you're waiting for retirement and all that stuff that you might get screwed out of. So you don't have that situation. I know jobs are precious and I, you may like your job, but already they've got you uh, on a furlough of some sort. So, uh, you know, you may want to go ahead and, and change your status if you're of that belief and, and take that position and hold their feet to the fire. We'll be more than happy to help you do that as much as we can here. But there are just there's some things I just don't know the answer to in people's complex life situations, you know. And I know I know a lot of people have changed their status, but I'm not sure if they actually got to the point where they told the county, like, hey, this is what's happening. 
Well, maybe it's time a few more people start doing that and get their attention. I think if they got a few discrimination lawsuits and you guys all went in maybe together, there's enough of you go in as a as a two or three or more party on a lawsuit that they've severed you because of this, and maybe that gives you a few more a little more teeth. I I, I just don't know the answer to some of this stuff, Ramona. I wish I had all the answers. I got a I got a bunch of them, but I don't have all of them. No, no, I'm just hoping that, you know, other people listening to this, because I've been listening for a while. Now oh, it's good. the first time that I'm actually speaking oh, out. Good. Well, we're glad to have you. Thank you for hitting the mute button. Um, can, I, can I mention something? Yeah, hold on. Is that you again, Patrick? Um, yeah. Okay. Well, go ahead. I just want to mention that. I don't know if you're familiar with Peggy Hall. It's like Orange County, California, with the uh, this, you know this church down there where uh, stood up against all this tyranny, you know, and they all came in unmasked. Well, the, the preacher and her and his wife, Peggy Hall, they uh, they've got a whole bunch of work they uh, that they put out about religious exemptions and, uh, and you know all the laws. If you've heard them, then, you know, I just want to steer you in that direction. That's all. Yeah, I'm familiar with Peggy Hall. I'm part of PERC, and I'm also part of Freedom to Choose. Okay. Um, now, you know, Peggy lawsuit. Peggy doesn't endorse what we do. She thinks it's kind of a bunch of crap. I've been told. I don't um, listen to her. That's what I've been told. I'm, I'm, the reason why I'm on here is because I've heard about this a while ago before Peggy. So I'm really open to absolutely everything under the sun. Okay, right. And well, I want you. to learn, and I want to learn. Okay. Well, we, we like having folks like you around, especially females, because, you know, females have been really lacking in our patriot efforts over the years. So we're tickled to death to have some of you type A lionesses come forward. And if you're out there with Paget, you're in the absolute right group. I'm, 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 to be honest with you, Roger, I'm just tired of this. I, I, I can't take you. it anymore. Well, I, I just don't know what to do anymore because to me it feels like everybody is just talking and it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where I don't know what to do. Well, you take action at that point. It sounds like that you're at that point. And if so, I mean, I pray about it. Okay. My suggestion is to pray about it. But if you're at that point and you've got the background you do, you've got the vision, you know, what's coming, uh, do, do what you need to do to take action and get yourself uh, girded in the Lord's power and stand up and confront the son of a bitches. I, I've been ready. Okay. Well, we're here. I'll, I'll tell you this. We're here to hold your hand, and you got a lot of fine people out there in Southern California that uh, just the few that I know that have come on here that we've become associated with uh, Ephraim, pa uh, Pageant, uh, Laura, our new Laura, uh, Dawn, the new gal. We hadn't heard from Dawn. I guess maybe she's back at work here. Uh, but there's some really, really sharp people and some particularly sharp females out there. Yeah, I'm I'm part of the group with Ephraim and Laura okay, as well. Good. Well, they're <laughs> I'm, really. I'm in I a just, bunch of groups. Good. I just 
like I said, I'm at the point where like something has to happen. Well, you know, uh, Ephraim was talking to me about uh, the lawsuit that he's a part of, where there's a bunch of people that are suing Los Angeles County or somebody out there, some uh, uh, with this mass stuff. And he was asking me, does me being a national hurt their efforts? Because none of them are. Okay, and what I told Ephraim was he hadn't declared it in any of the paperwork. He hasn't put it on officially that he's different, so they're going to consider him to be the same as the others. But why don't you consider Ephraim pulling yourself out because you are different and getting a few other folks that are nationals and have you guys file the same lawsuit parallel to the citizens of the United States, and let's see how the courts deal with it. Let's see well, how I'm, differently they treat you and your bunch because of your change in status. See, those are the ways we get answers to stuff. I'm actually in the same situation that Ephraim is because I'm I'm part of two lawsuits. Okay. So I don't want to hurt their chances by me changing my status. Well, you and Ephraim need to get around and kick this together with the group and see if you might can get some other folks and just do exactly a parallel lawsuit, except you're not citizens of the United States, you're nationals. And see, that means you're you're going into state court, and you're a California state national. You're a state citizen as a national, so they can't bar you from the state courts. Got it. Okay. So my, you know, my other okay. Well, I'm just going to tell you do a little so, soul searching sorry. on this and pray. That's okay, and pray a little bit, and please come back and consult with us if you need to, and and let us know what you're doing because we're going to support you 100 percent whatever way you go. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, now you were going to say something else a second ago that I interrupted. I I'm just curious on um. So if if. Let's say I would like to move to a different state as a national. Good. Anything to get out of California? I'm, I'm all well, in favor of it. it's a question. It, it's a question. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't want to leave because if I leave, then who's going to stay to fight? No, I understand. But I'm, I'm coming to the point where they're literally becoming insane. Like they were discussing about... Um, at the border between, well, I read, I'm not sure if this is true or not. At the border from California and Oregon, they're actually checking um, passports to see if people are vaccinated. And they're they, like, they won't let you travel otherwise. They've been talking about that. Again, well, that's only for citizens of the United States and residents. You know, but you're going to have to know your stuff. You're going to have to confront them and say, hey, this doesn't apply to me. Sorry. And, of course, you're talking to people that aren't going to know what you're talking about. They've got to defer to a higher authority. and uh, uh, But they've been talking about that for a while. It's one of the things for people that travel. Uh, I don't see how they're going to – what are they going to do, have a roadblock at whatever the interstate is that goes into Oregon? They're going to have police cars at every every little state road that crosses over and stop you? Let's see your passport. I think that's scare tactics. I think they're doing anything they can to try and get as many people scared to go in and get in these jabs because they know their whole game is being exposed and it's about to fall in on them. That's what I think. Yeah, I, I, I won't do it. I mean, I'd rather die fighting than, Good for than you. just take it. Yeah, you're one of our gals, Ramona. We're glad to have you, sweetie. Thank you. Thank you, Roger. 
but I'll definitely check Bye, back bro. with you guys. Okay. Well, nice you, to meet everybody. Well, as we were pleased, tickled as punch to meet you and hear your questions and hear your voice and know you're out there. And I want to keep an open invitation to you to join us and speak up and out at any time, okay? Because that's what this is all about. It ain't about Roger getting on here and running his mouth for two hours, okay? Yeah, this is a dialogue to help people meeting. like you and discuss this for everybody else. Jeff, what are you trying to say? I'm... I'm encouraging Ramona to get to one of John Caserb's meetings down there. Yep, that might not be a bad idea. Are you familiar with John? Um, I think Laura was trying to make some arrangements. Yes, she is. She's trying to have a, some sort of a meeting with John. I know that's right. So, hey, right. so you hang, was... stick with Laura, and you'll get with John. John has been with me for 11 years since the very first programs I ever did on this. Okay, And he's he's just a fine man. All right. And he can help you out. And it's an acquaintance I would encourage you to make and a connection I'd encourage you to establish. This is a dialogue to help people. Like All right. Where are the, where's the feedback coming from? Okay. Thank you. Um, so anytime, Ramona, and you let us know how we can help you. Okay. We're tickled to death to have you. I will. Okay. I'll keep you posted. All right, sweetie. Join us anytime. Okay, who else is Thank trying you. to say something? You're very welcome. Who else has got something they want to get off their chest? Oh, come on. Fess up. I know you got questions. Come on. Hey, I talked to uh, the Reverend yesterday. Oh, Brent, good deal. What you think about Mr. Uh, Reverend Moreland, Pastor Moreland? Uh, I'm impressed, and uh, he's only a couple of years younger than me. Oh, is that right? So I imagine you two yeah. had a nice rapport, didn't you? I figured you would. Oh, yeah. And, oh, man, he's deeper than you can imagine. And I think when his churches get online with this, uh, it's going to be the hugest earthquake ever. Well, for the audience that might not know, this guy got a hold of me. I don't. Did you ask him how he found us? I'd be curious. I, I think one of his friends uh, heard the Spingola interview and turned him on to it. Okay, well, there you go. See, it's somebody telling somebody else and giving them something. That's what I keep telling you guys. This one is a, is a bonanza. It's a, a black pastor, and unfortunately, he's in Portland, Oregon. And he's got an organization that he, with 4,000, is what he said, 4,000 churches, 100, 4,000 churches. Can you imagine the impact of this information hitting 4,000 churches, especially if most of them are black folks, Brent? Because, you know, man, the, our, our enemies, they've used you guys to enslave all of us. When you guys start getting out and getting unenslaved, they're real concerned. Oh, yeah. Okay. So... So it's kind of a double-barreled hit to him, and I just, I'm thrilled, and I enjoyed my conversation with Pastor Moreland, and I'm looking forward to the next one that we get to have on him. Maybe we'll get him on the program here some morning. Yeah, I was trying to encourage him to listen in, and I told him about the after show, and uh, he was thrilled about that. Okay. Well, fortunately, we, unfortunately, we don't have that as much as we used to, but you guys are open to it on Fridays. And uh, uh, so, anyway, good work, Brent. Thank you for reaching out to him, and I'm really glad you did that, and I'm sure he was glad to hear from you, too, actually. 
Oh, yeah. That, that's my take on it. Okay, good deal. Well, thank you very much, man. See, we're a team, and that's what I try and preach on here is this a team effort. It's not Roger doing it all. I can't do it all. It's not you doing it all. You can't do it all either. But together, working together as a team, we can accomplish things that we only dreamed about. Okay? And that's my complaint with some of these jokers, and I won't be pointing fingers and naming names, that are so damned egotistical that everything revolves around them and that they don't care if their little egos get stepped on. They're just not happy. Okay, and Those are not team players. They're prima donnas. And you let the prima donnas go out and go out on their own, and you just see how much damage they get done. Okay? Speaking of you know, prima donna, there's a there's a guy with the assembly, the Michigan Assembly. He heads that. Uh, it's Roger Dodell. Uh, he also runs the uh, the Florida Common Law Grand Jury, and he took his company from number ten in the United States to number one in the world by being a team player. You got you got to get away from all these these, psych, these psychopathic, you know, egotistical people because they they will just eat up everybody's time and. You know, and just suck all the oxygen out of the room. You can't do that. You know, you've got to have, everybody's got to be. You know, i got to be, uh, well, I, I like, of course, I lived in Atlanta for many years, back when Ted Turner was first getting started and all his stuff. And Ted Turner, no matter what you think of him, uh, had a great saying. He said, lead, follow, or get out of the damn way. Okay. This is a team effort. We're not. These guys have enslaved us as a team. They're a very tight, well-organized machine team. Okay, and that's how they've done so much damage. And we ain't gonna beat them individually with our own little egos and our own little jealousies and all the rest of that crap. And there's a whole bunch of that in our patriot community because I've come across it way more times than once. Okay. Oh, I'm not on there to sell your book. I don't give a damn about selling my book. I care about the information, you damn egotistical idiot. Keep your eye on the objective. Quit, quit, quit building your own. I mean, uh, you, your own ego. You've never heard me on here one time say, "This is what I did. Roger did this. Send me money." Nah, nah, nah. I don't believe. I don't know how the hell I'm doing this. I don't know why the hell God tapped me to do this. I'm the most unlikely person in the whole world to do this. But for some reason he did and nobody else wanted to do it. And I knew it had to be done. And that's why I'm here. You got a good style. You keep people entertained. You, you, don't, let them, you don't let them get fall asleep. You know, the next thing you know, you're going to do something else. And, and it slaps them back awake again. You know, they got no time to drift off. Well, I'd rather us have, you know, the platform is for new people like Ramona and for you, Patrick, and, and for questions you may have. If you weren't as well schooled in this and picked up on it as quick as you did, you'd be sitting here with questions, and we'd be thrilled because you get to, I get to answer them. And other people, if I can't answer them, get to answer them, and that happens on here, and everybody learns. And you know the most amazing thing to me, the people that have been around here for 10 years, and we got a couple Okay, they've heard this stuff over and over and over again, and they don't tune out. They stay right here, even though they've heard it over and over again. Now, that says something. Okay, that speaks volumes right there. Let me make a correction on uh, the caller's part. This is an entertainment, and I'm not. 
This is raw, unbridled truth. Well, you know, Brent, there's an old song that says, a little bit of sugar helps the vinegar go down. So if people want to consider it to be entertainment, and, I, I, you know, I'd like to think I can be funny occasionally, and I've had people tell me that I am, and that's good because a little bit of sugar helps the vinegar go down. It can't be all serious all the time, and it makes a little levity of the situation and us laughing at our enemies really makes them nervous. When they see we're having a good time and we got answers, they're nervous. And let me tell you, they're nervous. Can you see it? Can you see them backing off of some of this stuff? Oh, no, we don't need to quarantine for 10, 10 days. Five days would be fine. Oh, oh no, we don't have to wear the mask. The lady that said it was a, had to wear the mask two years ago. Oh, no, masks are harmful. Can you see them? Can you see the nervousness there? Can you see them backing off of their positions because they've gotten found out big time and a lot of people are finding out about it? They're nervous. Now, way too much. You got a mandate. What the heck's a mandate? You don't have that power. Executive power, there's no such animal. Y'all started that under Lincoln. You know, it's a funny thing about mandates. If you go into Black's Law Dictionary, a mandate not only is offered, it has to be accepted. There's got to be acceptance to a mandate. So it ain't just, see, there's another way of them taking this word and twisting it and you not knowing the definition or the legal remedy to it. What they do, they, they change, they change uh, your status on you. You know, it's like, uh, like, like uh, the uh, Eisenhower did to those POWs. And, uh, oh. and changed them from POW to, to uh, uh, you know, enemy combatants. Right. That's what they're doing to us. Too, they're, they're, they're doing, you know, we're, we're now we're domestic oh. terrorists oh, or, uh, or whatever. Well, hold it. I got, I got a, a really, you know, this just hit me the other day. And I heard it years ago. And I never put it together. And it was from Eugene Schroeder's work. Are you familiar with Eugene Schroeder's uh, Trading with the Enemy Act work from about 25 years ago, Patrick? I am familiar with Trading with the Enemy Act, but yeah, I don't know in particular. Well, he's the guy that did all the work on the bankruptcy. He was a veterinarian from the eastern steppes of Colorado there. And one of the things that came out of all his work was they took that piece of legislation from 1917 when we declared war against Germany, Trading with the Enemies Act, where they named Germans as the enemy. And they took that exact legislation word for word in 1933, except they substituted citizens of the United States for Germans. So in on the bankruptcy transition, they named citizens of the United States as the enemy. Well, now you're seeing it. They're wanting to jab you and kill you. Uh, the exact wording or paraphrasing of it is for all trans or for transactions wholly within the United States. Yeah, wholly within the United States, or and what's silent there as and its jurisdiction. And since you're a federal citizen, I guess that means you're in their jurisdiction, doesn't it? Roger. Yeah, Samuel. For for all those people who have loved ones that are on the fence and maybe got one jab or two jabs or are thinking about getting that booster, please please let them know about those life insurance actuaries. 
actuaries. Actuaries. Yes, yeah. I'm sorry. And I wrote you back. Did you see my response to your statement? Yes, Phil was even higher. That company that I told you about uh, keeps its business with it, 150 years in Indiana working for the governments and stuff like that in their life insurance policies for their people. Okay, what 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 Samuel's referring to is it came out was this on True News last night, I guess, Samuel? Yes, it was. Okay, the the insurance companies are about to go bankrupt because their deaths are 40% higher according to them. Cliff High's latest video, he's talking about he did used to do work for insurance companies, helping them in the early days of coding stuff, and he was friends with some old-time actuaries. And his connections say it's 57%. Yeah, and he, he said also that uh, in a 200-year in a blip and a major disaster, that might spike that actuary only 10%. Yeah, and what? Uh, and they what, don't know. What is they rent? don't they, they don't know where it's coming from. They oh, say because yeah, sure people are don't. dying of everything, and it's not labeled COVID, so they're falling off ladders, having strokes, <laughs> having heart attacks, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? Yeah. Before they wanted everything to be COVID, so they could ramp it up on the vaccine scare, and now that the deaths are coming, it's everything that isn't COVID. That's a repercussion of taking the vaccine. See how these shifty bastards work. I'm telling you, yeah. we got to nail them. The only way you nail them is to file an affidavit and confront them with it. Confront power with truth. And they stand mute. And they got no rebuttal. And they got no response. And they stand there buck-ass naked. And if you thought they were ugly before, you wait till you see these creeps buck-ass naked. You'll shield yeah. your eyes. They're so damn ugly. A, a couple of months ago, I mentioned that they came out with the statistic that Traffic fatalities in the United States have also spiked. Oh, yeah. The vaccinants. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. getting serious. It's really getting serious. So, the you know, the more you can stay away from people, uh, and, I you know, I'm not an isolationist, but I just don't care to be out with a bunch of people who have been stupid enough to go get jabbed with this damn poison jab. Okay. I'd like to think I hang around with a little smarter crowd than that. But all, all these things, man, it's a, it, it's a hell of a mess, and, and there's no telling what's going to happen at the end of this year, how, how many less of us are going to be around that are going to go through a demise over the next 12 months. And there's probably going to be a lot, I'm afraid to say, and I hate to say it. Supposedly, what uh, what they're talking about, what they're doing, like Rince was talking about a thing in Germany last night. Some German guy that ran a hospital over there, did anybody else hear this? Some guy that ran a hospital came out publicly and said that the jab was total genocide, and then he went and threw himself off the top of the hospital building. They've got research that says if you've taken, I forget what he said, the second or the third jab, your, um, your immune system is down to 13% of what it was. What you have is acquired immune deficiency syndrome. You now have AIDS. Not HIV, but AIDS. AIDS that's caused from taking multiple jabs of this and decreasing your immune system's efficiency down to 13% of what it does for that first needle went in your arm.
It took Fauci 40 years to finally succeed, didn't it? Yep. Yep. I'll tell you what else Rince was on, and this came from Erica Kahn. I don't know if any of you have listened to her. She's been on with Jeff, I guess, multiple times a week for a year now. She's a pretty sharp gal, Erica Kahn. And she was telling Jeff, and he came out with it last night, that he they think Malone. She thinks Malone's being groomed, this guy that did all the interviews last weekend. They think he's being groomed to take Fauci's place. With the Democrats in the position of NIH and that, and because he said people are saying Fauci won't be around at the end of the year, he's going to be the highest-paid retiree in the federal government, three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year in retirement. I didn't put a calculator to that, but it's about thirty grand a month, isn't it? Pretty close. Mm, for all the damage he's done, all the lies he's told, all the graft and crap he's spewed, and he gets that kind of a reward. I'd like to reward him with a real short rope and a real tall tree. That's what the, that's a reward he needs. And see, that's the answer. We got to get a few of these creeps, and that right there has got to happen. You were mentioning a minute ago, Patrick, about some guy out of Michigan that runs a common law grand jury. How's he run a common law grand jury with a bunch of serfs? He's out out of Florida. I don't care where he's out of. That doesn't make a damn bit of difference to my question. How does he run a common law grand jury with people that don't have access to the common law? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a grand jury. It, it, it's, it's 25, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, the lords uh, that, uh, that come in, you know, the, the king and the man. Well, that's what it was based on. Is a, and, uh, you know, whenever you see, whenever a judge or somebody sees 25 men come in, they get nervous. Trust me. Well, that's, that's the they, don't, they don't get nervous when they see 25 serfs run, come in that are still serfs going, we're going to overthrow the Lord of the Manor. That doesn't scare them one bit. Name me one accomplishment that any of these quote-unquote grand juries have had since the Murrah bombing in the middle 90s. Tell me one success they've ever had. One. Just one. They got they have several several uh, success stories. I, I can't come up with them all off the top of my head. Well, do well, do a little research and come back and tell us about it tomorrow. Because if there's been any all successes, right. I've never heard of them. Um, okay, I'd like that. Uh, there's our uh, there's our whistler, which means we're done for the day. And then also, if I can get the volume down here where I'm not being whistled over. Uh, it also signifies that one James Ram is waiting in the wings, and usually he's right there. Jimbo, are you ready to take the baton, big guy? Just got here. Good. You're <laughs> just under the wire, huh? Yeah. Been running like a head with my chicken cut off. Okay. Well, let's not have that. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, guys. Thanks, Ramona. Glad to have you, Patrick. Welcome aboard. Uh, check into contacting us digitally through the app Jitsi Meet or the uh, on the back of what I sent you is a little address you can stick into a browser uh, tab and you can join us uh, digitally. We'll hear you a little bit better. But welcome aboard. 
glad you're along. All you folks that wanted to say something that didn't, we'll be back tomorrow so you can do that if you choose. And uh, you guys have as good a day as you can. We'll see what develops in the next 24 hours, 22 hours of water under the bridge. And if it's important, I promise you we'll discuss it tomorrow. So thanks a lot, and uh, Mr. Jim Ram Sarge is next, and you're going to be talking about your health and how to stay healthy where you can fight these bastards a little bit longer, aren't you? Amen, brother. Amen. Well, we just got (laughs) disconnected.